0: Blue Liar. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Rebuild. I'm Henry Ettinger, going solo, host, what I think everybody will agree on was the best weekend of football combined that we've probably ever had. Of course, I wasn't around in the 70s and 80s to necessarily... Uh, have anything to compare it to but if you just look at the fact that there were three walk-off field goals and then that Chiefs-Bills game with the Chiefs winning in a walk-off touchdown I think you have to admit that so I hope all of you guys were able uh, out there to watch that because it was truly incredible I was just a fan of the game were all of the games you know super well played not necessarily you know the I wouldn't say I thought like the titans Bengals game was super well played the weather conditions certainly had an impact on San Francisco and Green Bay. I wouldn't say that was the best game either, but that being said, they're they were all close. Uh, there was high level, pl- you know, quarterback play in, in almost all of the games as well, and, and some really fun, intriguing storylines to come out of it. But you don't listen to this podcast to talk about all the other teams in the AFC. You you talk about. You're listening to this podcast uh, for us to talk about the Browns. So that's what I'm going to do. And I will say this. I think there are two key takeaways from those games in the AFC uh, in particular. Number one is, boy, oh, boy, you know, uh, Baker Mayfield better be (laughs) a, a top 15 quarterback in the league because the Browns have an incredible roster around him. They do but you go look at what Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen did in that game and the Browns are just at a massive deficit at the quarterback position at least as presently constituted again if baker you know all of a sudden consistently plays at the level he was showing at the end of 2020 sure maybe that's a different conversation where at least it's not a massive gap but right now it's a massive gap those two guys are mobile They're explosive with their arm talent. They, you know, they're just, they can do everything and watching them duel it out. uh, If you're a Browns fan, you had to be thinking to yourself, boy, oh boy, we really don't have one of those guys on our sidelines, do we? And that, that, that's definitely a tough pill to swallow. And I think the tougher pill to swallow, frankly, as I was thinking about it a little bit more and more is as you go through the AFC quarterbacks, I know there was a lot of uh, you know talk about uh, the way Mike Lombardi and some other people uh, you know ranked the the quarterbacks in the AFC ahead of the season, and while they may have gotten the names in front of Baker Mayfield wrong, there are some other names there now that I think you have to say uh, are going to be in the mix as well. Uh, not only Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, but you look at what Joe Burrow did this weekend. I mean, that guy had no offensive line. He got sacked nine times. He was under duress all day. And I and yes, could Joe Burrow do a better job of getting rid of the ball? Sure. I thought one sack in particular was really bad. To, you know, a second one I saw out there where he could have gotten rid of the ball too. Okay, sure. But the guy was under fire all game. And I get that he has Jamar Chase and some uh, a couple other decent receivers, but for the amount of help he had, the, for him to battle through and win that game, I mean, that, that's got to be concerning for Browns fans, right? Because you can win a division with your quarterback being the second best quarterback sometimes. Now, this year, you look at the quarterbacks, uh, and basically all the best quarterbacks in the NFL won their division. You know, the best quarterback in the NFC North was Aaron Rodgers. They won it. You know, to Brady. You know, you just go down the list, Dak, Matt Stafford, I thought was the best quarterback in that division this year. I know some people will say Russell Wilson, but Joe Burrow was the best quarterback in the AFC North this year. Josh Allen. I mean, you just go through it. The best quarterbacks win their divisions most of the time. If you're the second best quarterback and you've got an elite roster, sometimes, well, let's face it. Baker Mayfield's the third best quarterback right now. And that's, that's the challenge is Lamar Jackson is better than Baker Mayfield. And now Joe Burrow is ascended above both of them. And that's a problem because if the Browns are going to win this division, Baker is going to have to at least descend above Lamar Jackson for that to happen. And right now he's not there. And you can throw me all the numbers you want about Lamar Jackson's passing. His dynamic ability as a runner makes him a better quarterback than Baker Mayfield right now. Baker Mayfield has not played at an MVP level at any point in his career. That's just the way it is. So Hopefully, uh, you know that that type of stuff can change. But man, he, he that was tough. And then that's not even including Herbert either. You know, or, you know, or Lamar Jackson who didn't play this weekend in the conversation. So I think you're looking at five, you know, pretty clear QBs that are ahead of Baker right now in the AFC, and that's a big hill to overcome. Uh, no matter how good your roster is around him. And uh, again, I don't want to make this just a Baker versus Allen and Mahomes thing because. You look at the other side of the bracket, and yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's in the conference championship again, and I I talked about just last week how I didn't think Jimmy Garoppolo is really all that much of a better quarterback than Baker, but so it's not always quarterbacks to win, but they help cover up a lot of holes, and I think that's what you're seeing in the AFC, and it it does not bode well, I would say, for the Browns' future if, if they really want to win a Super Bowl right now. They... You know even if Baker is the guy quote unquote is he one of those guys that I, I that's a different level it just is I'm sorry he's not the athlete that those guys are uh, right now and I'm not sure he's ever really gonna have any other type of qualities that are going to make up for that so we'll see but that, that was a little bit of a I thought a sobering uh thought after the game and, and the other more immediate thought that I had you know less of an existential crisis was well, forget D tackle. I I I know I mentioned D tackle might be the 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 Brown's second biggest need behind wide receiver this offseason. It's defensive end. It's defensive end because all of these games come down to pass rush. Can you get to these quarterbacks? We saw in the Rams game, right? The Rams Von Miller got to Brady. That defensive line in general got to Brady the Packers game. I thought Rashawn Gary was going to single-handedly win the game for the Packers. And on the flip side, the 49ers defensive line is what caused Aaron Rodgers all of those type of problems The you know, the, the t- Titans were the ones that put so much pressure on the Bengals, the Titans pressure, or excuse me, the Bengals pressure was part of the reason Ryan Tannehill was struggling during the game. And if the Browns are ever going to compete with the chiefs or the bills, they've got to have a plethora of pass rushers to get to those guys. And, Miles Garrett is awesome. You can absolutely make the case he is the best pass rusher in the league at this point, but they got to have more than just him because these teams are loaded and those quarterbacks are so dynamic. They've got to have multiple guys that can get after them. And even if they bring back Jadavion Clowney, I think the Browns need two, you know, that's one, but they need two defensive ends this offseason. So, you know, I'd like to go see them get one in the draft at this point, honestly, uh, I, I think it's time to to start looking at some younger options, uh, you know, even if it is clowny as a, as a veteran, but uh, that that's it to me, you know, defensive tackles, they're just, you know, unless it's Aaron Donald, unless it's Vita Vea, I just, they don't matter that much, uh, you know, and it's even those guys, you know, the, it's the, the fact that they can do both things that they, you know, you can get to the quarterback from the defensive tackle position, uh, as well, but this, uh, you know, this idea that the Browns need a run stopper, three hundred, you know, thirty pound type of guy, they do. That would be great. It's just not as important as the other stuff. It's just not. And you can find those guys in, in later rounds too. That's the thing. As I saw uh, Stephen Haglin, who's a guest we've had on this podcast before about the Charges, he tweeted out that you know the top ten nose tackles in terms of dollars per year and draft position. Vita Vea is the only one that that's taken in, in the first round. A lot of the other guys are, are not that type of guy. Now you say, well, you know, what qualifies somebody as a nose tackle because Aaron Donald doesn't fall under that category in, in, in the way he, he split it out because of the times he lines up at defensive end. And, and the fact that D tackle, you know, nose tackle obviously slightly different there, depending on if you have three or four down linemen. So I, uh, I I, I see the need. The Browns don't have any reliable D tackles I'm I'm not saying it's not a need. I just wouldn't put that high of a price on it. You can find these guys. They're around. The free agents class is super deep this year at D tackle And and so I just say to Browns fans, be patient. Be more focused on edge rushers. The Browns need edge rushers, guys. And I, I know it's weird to say that because they might have the best one in the league, but they need more. I'm looking at the teams they're playing more, 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 more. You cannot have enough pass rushers and that was one of my biggest takeaways from the game okay you know it was not one of my biggest takeaways and and i kept seeing this from some cleveland media people and some other people it's like oh jimmy garoppolo like what a winner you know he, he you know the browns need to explore trading for jimmy garoppolo what were people watching in that game against green Bay exactly i get jimmy garoppolo's hurt but the guy almost threw like three pick sixes on balls to the outside absolutely not his decision making not good. Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, they they didn't have an offensive touchdown in the game, and people's takeaway from that was, oh, we got to go ch- get Jimmy Garoppolo because his team is advancing to the conference championship. No, we, and this is why this whole you know quarterback wins thing is so stupid. Like I talked about how I I wanted you know Derek Carr, and and the the common refrain to Derek Carr is, oh, like what has he won? What does he want? You got to take into context the roster, the situation, all that stuff. Jimmy Garoppolo's won a ton. Are we really sitting here and saying Jimmy Garoppolo looked all that amazing and the Browns need to trade draft picks to get that guy over Baker Mayfield? Like, what are we talking about? No. that's I, I saw some stat over the weekend that, like, Jimmy Garoppolo, I believe, is now 9-0 and in games that he has not thrown a touchdown pass. That's absurd. It's absolutely absurd and he does not deserve, you know, the the lion's share of the credit for what's happening in San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan's ability, uh, you know, to scheme up offense, Debo Samuel, the defensive side of the football, sure, all of those things, but Jimmy Garoppolo didn't play very well in that game. He hasn't shown me anything different over these two playoff games than what he already is, which is fine. I, again, I don't think he's you know, worse than Baker. I'm just not sure he's like, you know, a two-step upgrade either. I think he's like, uh, you know, an average average quarterback who happens to be with a great coach and a great wa- roster. And guess what? San Francisco thinks the same thing because they traded for his replacement this offseason. They traded up in a draft, gave up multiple assets to go get a replacement for Jimmy Garoppolo, even though I think he's 36 and 14 now as a starting quarterback because they know that he's not some special talent, right? I, I mean, I can't, I can't believe how much I saw that this weekend. Like, miss me with the Jimmy Garoppolo and Browns talk. They don't need Jimmy Garoppolo on this team. They just, if that's the answer, it's not the answer. Like, it, you know, is Jimmy Garoppolo all of a sudden going to go toe-to-toe with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes any more so than Baker Mayfield is? No. I mean, yeah, just get out of here with that stuff. A couple other ancillary things I want to touch on really quickly. Because I've seen them and and they're bothering me and I had some thoughts on them. So these in you know, a little bit more rapid fire. But starting with a lot of people out there on Twitter keep saying, like, oh, you're, you know, you're not a real Browns fan if you if you're rooting for the Bengals in the playoffs. Not a real Browns fan. Well, a couple things to that. Number one, you random guy on Twitter doesn't get to decide who's a fan of the team and who's not. Believe it or not, you actually have zero say. And if you don't like it. Tough. Sucks for you because there are a lot of Browns fans out there rooting for the Bengals, myself being one of them. Now, I wanted the Bills more than the Bengals. Uh, they were my favorite team left in the AFC. And, uh, and so that was a tough loss for them. But look, Joe Burrow's a guy that went to Ohio State. A lot of Browns fans are Ohio State fans. Uh, he's from Athens, Ohio. Uh, a lot of Browns fans went to college in Athens, Ohio at Ohio University. Let me tell you that. And now he plays for a team that's in Ohio. And yes, I get the Bengals are in the Browns division, but they are not the Steelers. They're not the Ravens. They did not steal our franchise. And for the most part, the, the Browns have had the upper hand on the Bengals for the last 20 years. So no, I don't think it's sacrilegious to root for the Bengals in a playoff game. And I can't believe there are people, first of all, suggesting that based on the circumstances. And if you are suggesting that, well, you can shut it because it's just not true. Uh, you don't get to decide who's a Browns fan and who's not so that part was really bothering me. Number two, uh, the OBJ success story uh, for the Rams. There's a lot of weird stuff going on with this. I've seen some people like rooting really hard against OBJ. Look, you want to quibble with how he handled the situation leave in Cleveland? 100%. I get the frustration there. But was he wrong? Again, no. And, and I keep saying this is The way OBJ handled himself, you can absolutely, you know, nitpick because it was probably unprofessional, especially at the end. But he was not wrong. He was open a lot and Baker Mayfield did not throw him the football. Now, I also think that people, uh, you know, some people are overstating a little bit what's happening in in L.A. too, where his numbers aren't exactly like, you know, uh, off the charts insane here. It's not like he's all of a sudden a top five or ten receiver in the league. He's getting more targets. Uh, as a result of the Robert Woods injury and and the attention on Cooper Cup. He's in a, you know, definitely a past first offense. And the Rams are also throwing a lot more touchdowns. So he's getting a lot more touchdowns than he got in Cleveland. That's just a function of the Rams offense. That is not a function of OBJ. There is a lot more overall touchdowns. His touchdown percentage is higher. Yes, but it's not like this insane thing other than the rams just have a more productive passing offense than the browns like that's really it and he clearly gets along better with matthew stafford than baker like that's it i like i don't hate odell beckham jr uh, by any means I, I had a friend text me over the weekend he was like you know does this obj success like make you sick and i was like N- no i i I mean, was I bummed it didn't work out? Of course I was bummed it didn't work out. We traded for him. I wanted that trade to work. It would have been really exciting if it did. OBJ is an electric player. Was I annoyed about the way he, you know, he left the Browns? Also, yes. But I don't have like some like deep hatred for OBJ the way I do for, you know, some players on opposing teams or some players that I thought have really, you know, done my franchise as wrong in the past. Like, you know, the Browns traded for him. It didn't work out. It was a bad fit. And then he left. Oh, well. Bumped about it, but, like, this idea that uh, that we need to just, you know, be rooting against OBJ, uh, I, I don't subscribe to that either. The last thing I want to touch on is Dustin Fox and Baker Mayfield. Um, And, and, and I don't mention a lot of Cleveland media members by name because I've run uh, across most of them at this point. But I thought Dustin Fox was in poor taste uh, with his tweets about Baker Mayfield and, you know, saying that he sucks um number one i don't think it's true you know you can say baker is not the quarterback for the browns that's fine to say he sucks i think is going a little too far um and apologies to you know the any any language i use here obviously is uh is from dustin but i thought that was too far uh as far as that is concerned and you know dustin i think and sometimes says i don't don't. I don't want to step into too murky waters here, but uh, yeah, a lot of these guys will say, you know, they, because they played, they'll feel sometimes more freedom to criticize uh, players. And and Dustin, I, I think in this case is using that a little bit, acknowledging, Hey, well, I, I was bad in the NFL. So that gives me the right, but it doesn't give you the right as a fan uh, you know, to to have your opinion on Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I always thought the the I played and you didn't thing is kind of corny. And then also when you're saying I played, but I I wasn't good. And I mean, like, yeah, he, Dustin Fox had eight tackles in 40 years. Does that make him more qualified than, than somebody else to speak on Baker Mayfield? I don't know. He probably knows a, a, a lot about football because he went to the NFL. But I think there are a lot of people that didn't play in the NFL that also know a lot about football, many of which I bring up on this podcast all the time. So I thought, yeah, I thought he was in in poor taste, the whole like tagging him thing. It was just, it was weird. It, it was uncalled for, I thought. And and yeah, I think some people love to like, uh, uh, I think a lot of Browns fans like to hate on Cleveland media. And I don't think a lot of them are necessarily, um, what's, what's the word, unfair. I don't think a lot of them are unfair. Some, you know, uh, uh, occasionally here and there, but for the most part, I think actually, Well, a lot of Browns fans honestly get annoyed at the media for calling it like they see it, Uh, and and sometimes that bothers them because it's not always pretty uh, with this franchise over the last 20 years, and sometimes the media knows things that they can't say publicly uh, that, you know, makes it uh, a little bit uh, where they have some more informed opinions than you. I'll just say that, but in this case, I thought the criticism of Dustin Fox was fair. You know, the fact that Baker Mayfield also liked it and, and, and all that, I don't know if I love that either. And again, this goes back to the, the situation of there have been quarterbacks that have rabbit ears and athletes in general that have rabbit ears that have done well. Aaron Rodgers is one of those very quarterbacks. But I, in general, it's not how I would prefer my uh, my quarterback to operate. Like, yeah, it, it, again, the, some of those guys, they it, they succeed despite that. But Baker having rabbit ears, I know that's what motivates him. And you say he's got this chip on the shoulder and all that. And that's awesome. And it's great. That really works when, you know, you're winning football games. But man, that can get old. And it, it, again, it doesn't matter what I think, really. That can get old on, uh, in the locker room real quick if, if, if things aren't going well. And. I'll just say this. You're hearing it. You heard it on the broadcast for the Rams-Bucks game uh, about OBJ, and I know from people I've talked to, uh, this was the same case in Cleveland, is that whatever the outside media and fans think of OBJ, the players in the locker room loved OBJ, both in Cleveland and now in Los Angeles. So locker room dynamics – aren't always the same as, as what people, you know, fans might want to believe. So fans may love this whole, you know, rah, rah, chip on the shoulder thing, whatever, you know, Baker's out to, you know, for revenge against everybody. As long as it plays in the locker room, fine, fine. But I, you know, this is where you get into volatile territory where all of a sudden if the Browns aren't winning again next season, I think you could see some side eyes at Baker. So Uh, you know, that's, that's just my two cents. I don't love it again. It's not the end of the world. I don't think that means Baker's not going to be a good quarterback or it'll have any impact on his play next season. Just weird. It's just weird. It's not how most of the successful professional quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL operate some, some do it, but not most, but not most. All right, Brown Sands, that'll do it for this episode of the Rebuild. I, you know, solo again here. We will be having some guests on. I want to get into draft talk. I really do. Uh, I just kind of find the time to watch some of these prospects and get some people on that have watched them even more than I have because, you know, typically the way, you know, I'll, I'll operate is I'll watch some highlights and then, you know, maybe two or three full games if I can get to it, the the condensed games uh, where they, you know, they just show, uh, a little bit quicker of a version of it. But I can't watch really more than that uh, on on some of these guys. I just don't have the time. So I want to get to that part so I can at least form my own opinions uh, on some of them. And, and then, uh, you know, I'd love to share that with you and love to go back and forth with the guests. I just don't want to bring them on too early. So we'll talk receiver, we'll talk defensive end, all that and more. Uh and we'll hopefully have some guests on as well uh coming up here in the next couple of weeks. And Jordan will be back too. But until then, Browns fans. Excited to keep talking football with you all off season and two words for you. Go Browns.